Um, hi, my name is Mitt Dowdle, and I'm seven years old. And the one thing I like about school is that um, your mom is always with you, and you don't have to be lonely. And when you need help, she can come at you and come to you, and I guess that's all. That is my nephew, Mitt, talking about school, but not just any school, school at home. And this is Stacy Julian with episode 61 of Exactly Enough Time. podcast is about being present. It is also about playful creativity and other things like curiosity, happy colors, and connection. I am a storyteller and I love to interview friends and family and talk about people, places, and things. Today's topic is school at home. Listen up. I think you'll find inspiration for living your life and telling your story because you have exactly enough time. Hey everyone, how we doing? Welcome to episode 61. I have a question for you. I'm curious if you have ever considered schooling your children at home. <laughs> ha ha, Stacy, right? It's been, uh, what, 10 days or so-ish that schools, did you know, in 70 countries have been shut down due to this corona pandemic. So I have been actually homeschooling my daughter since last fall in large part because I was inspired to do so, or at least encouraged, took courage from my sister who has been schooling her children at home for a couple of years. So I thought what a perfect time it would be to sit down with Darcy and talk about school at home. You guys, Darcy is one of my most favorite people on the planet. My day is always better when I can talk to my sister. And I know that you are going to just feel encouraged and inspired listening to her as she shares some best practices for making the most of this season. I'm also going to share a few additional thoughts from our kids. Okay, well, I have been waiting for this day for a very long time. Sitting with me, I'm actually sitting with her in her homeschool room, is my sister, Darcy. Say hi, Darcy. Hello. Okay, so I've been planning to do a podcast with you. In fact, we had it scheduled and we had to cancel, but a podcast about the fact that we are both um, doing homeschool. We are homeschool moms. And then all of a sudden... About now a week everybody ago, is a homeschool mom. <laughs> we decided, I thought, wow, we have really got to do this podcast. And instead of calling it homeschool with Darcy Dowdle, I'm going to call it school at home with Darcy that. Dowdle because we are now all doing school at home. And I thought, what a great time to just tell our stories and to share tips. So we have got five tips we're going to share with you. And, but I want to start Darcy with the story. And I'm sure I remember it a little bit differently than you do. So you can correct me. But I remember standing in my kitchen, you called me one day and you said, Stacy, I have to tell you something. And it's really, really, really big. 
and I'm kind of nervous to tell you. And I don't know how to tell you. And I'm thinking, she's pregnant, right? <laughs> like, like, she doesn't want to have any more kids, and she totally found out she was pregnant. But what you said was... Well, I recall you saying you're pregnant, and I thought, it's so much worse than that. <laughs> I wish that that's what it was. No, just kidding. I said, I'm, I'm going to homeschool my kids. I'm going to pull them out of school. And, no, and I said, why would you do that? Uh, yeah. So, Darcy, you're, you have a degree in elementary education. You taught school for a number of years. So, I, I think I said to you, I don't understand why you would do that. Like, you're a teacher. What are you I talking about? I am a about? huge advocate, actually, of the public schools. Yeah. And... um. In all honesty, my children were in, all four of them were in a fantastic school. Mm -hmm. It was a charter school here in Utah, and they were thriving. They yeah. were not just surviving. They were doing really, really well. So then walk me and listeners through where this decision came from and why. What, what do you think the reason was for you? Right. That you felt, it felt like it was such a right thing to do in that moment. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, my first passion and love was probably health and fitness, mm -hmm. and I had become really involved with several health and fitness podcasts and was listening to a podcast one morning um, that typically would have health and fitness type interviews, and instead they were interviewing um, a woman who had been a professional dancer, and she was a fitness person, but had chosen to homeschool her children. Oh. And it's so interesting that I read the title of the podcast and I skipped it because I thought I'm not interested in that at all. Yeah. Um, so I went down to the next podcast and I usually get ready and I jumped in the shower and by the time I came out of the shower, the, the podcast that I had skipped was now playing. And oh. so I was sucked into this podcast where a girl was talking about homeschool and my heart just started to pound and I became in, immediately intrigued. Yeah, and then spent the rest of the day just researching homeschool. Um, when I took it to the Lord to pray about it, I just felt like it was exactly what my family needed at that time. And then how did your kids react, and how soon after that did you feel like with everybody knowing and you starting to do this, was it super obvious right away? I was really nervous to tell people, so I stewed on it for about two months. And yeah. then my husband and I went out to dinner on a Friday night, and I... Kind of approached it like I did you. I said, honey, I've got to tell you something. It's going to oh, sound you didn't even totally tell him. crazy. Yeah. And when I told it to him, he just said, I think that'd be really cool. That yeah. makes a lot of sense to me. And I'm like, what in the world about that makes sense? There is absolutely nothing about this that would make sense. Right. And he said, well, I think it would be really good for our family. Yeah. And I was just blown away by his response. And really, I think we told our kids the next day and they were all, for the most part, on board. Yeah. Which, again, was very surprising to me. Yeah. They, they all love school. Yeah. So um, we approached it like a great, big, fun adventure. Like it was going to be a journey. We were going to do something big. and We were going to figure it out together. Figure it out together, and everybody was on board. Hi, my name's Tatum, and I'm nine years old. And I like to take my math in my room, and so I can do it in there. Okay, so here's my story because I truly thought Darcy had lost it um, when she made when she made this decision, and um, it was probably about six months later. My daughter Addie was not thriving in school. She hadn't been thriving since she had been in school, to be perfectly honest with you. And we were taking advantage of all of the resources, um, the special helps, um, you know, that that they could offer, and they wonderful people. Again, right fantastic teachers, attentive, caring, all of that. Addie still was not, she was just falling behind every year. You know, they would kind of 
have her move forward to the next grade. And certainly she was improving. Um, and I really had come to the place um, in my understanding that she was as proving as, improving as much as she could. And she probably was going to be just always a little bit behind. We had actually received a diagnosis from a doctor and they just said, you know what, Addie, just her brain for whatever reason, you know, she's probably not going to graduate high school. She's not going to go to college there. You know, they, they just said some very limiting um, facts that, you know, that they at least shared them to, to my husband and I as facts. And I just accepted them as that. And then I don't remember exactly when it was, but I think we were driving home and right after school, I would pick up Addie. And honestly, she was just sad most days. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just read your kids. And I thought, I just don't know. You know, this is not how I remember feeling in school. And so I just kind of talked to her and said, what if we, um, what if we did some school at home? And she was just, it just, she was like, oh, like, I would like that mom, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think I probably called you first because you had shared this with me and you were just nothing but encouraging. You know, at that point, at least in your journey, you were like, this, this is awesome. Like there's, it's not, you know, it's not awesome every day. It's not right. awesome every hour of every day, but you had definitely seen the benefits with your kids. And right. so you gave me the encouragement to do it. For me, I had just like some major mental blocks. Like I just don't get how I do it. Like I'm not a teacher. And I kept saying to you, you're a teacher, you know what it's like to teach kids. And this is not my forte. And how am I going to know exactly what books to give and how am I going to know what she's supposed to be learning? And if she's, you know, I just had lots and lots of questions. I, I was indulging in confusion 100%. Mm -hmm. And um, you invited me to come and we actually did a homeschool conference together. That was a couple days. That's so fun. The funny thing is I didn't get any of my questions answered, mm -mm. but I left with um, a feeling of assurance. You know what I mean? Like it was like, it was just a really good thing that I was embarking on, even though I didn't have all the hows figured out. My name is Addie and I'm 12 years old and something I like about homeschool is that I don't have to feel dumb about asking any question. I can just ask. I'm going to put lots of links in the show notes this week, but um, homeschool is legal in all 50 states in the United States of America. The regulations from state to state vary. Differ a little bit. You know, so... That, you know, that applies to the stories that we're sharing here. Of course, we're all doing this. But but I'm going to put links in the show notes so you can find out more about actually homeschool in your specific state. The thing that really sealed the deal for me, Darcy, was you shared with me the curriculum that you had found after searching. And, and I just trusted you and I ordered it. And I think we were two lessons in, you know, into the, the language arts book. And I was just like, I love this. This is great. And the way it's laid out, it just tells you every day. There's literally little checkboxes. Yep. You know, as you read it, it says, read this yourself. Now read this to your child. Now discuss this point or question. And that's true for all the different subjects. So the curriculum that we both use is called The Good and the Beautiful. And you could probably introduce it better than and me. You know, I happened upon that curriculum. Just I, don't, I honestly don't even remember how I happened upon it. I yeah. remember... Uh, in that two-month interim I told you about, the feelings that I had were, I felt a lot of peace, like it was going to be okay, uh -huh. and I kept reassuring myself that, and then I just thought, I got to buy some cute homeschool room stuff. Yeah. That was like my biggest concern, is I need to create a space. If I have a space and it's cute, yeah. then I'll want to be there and educate my kids. Yeah. So I immediately started creating a little space in my home, and then my next thing was, I spent all my free time 
just researching curriculum. Yeah. And I honestly think I found the good and the beautiful via Instagram. It uh-huh. wasn't even on the internet. Cause when I went to Google homeschool curriculums on the internet, that was very overwhelming. Okay. Um, but I think I happened upon the good and the beautiful really quite easily and naturally through Instagram. I just Googled homeschool moms. Yeah. Like the hash, like the hashtags. <laughs> yeah. Hashtags. Yeah. And it, and it came up with some in Instagram influencers whose pictures I just loved. And then mm-hmm. I just found out what curriculum they were using and I researched it for myself. And it was, right. it sealed the deal in every way yeah. to homeschool. I mean, it truly, the, it, is, it is so beautifully it is put goodness. together. Yeah. yeah. And it is a non-denominational Christian um, curriculum, which means it just, just teaches children from a Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. But I found that it's very liberal in terms of, um, teaching children about different worldviews. Right. I mean, it's not like it's just, it's not narrow-minded at At all. all. And I absolutely love the the way it emphasizes literature and good art and poetry and, you know, inspiring people and quotes. Oh my gosh. It's like, I can't say enough about it. We can't say enough about it. So we love that. That has been probably the best thing that I've done through you is just know that I can buy that curriculum. So, and there are assessments. It's open and go. When you open it and you go, there's not a lot of preparation. You don't and you have can, to know anything. To and this do is it. probably true with other curriculums, but there's assessments like you just go online and they, you know, you have your children take tests and it kind of says she's at the, like, so Addie was kind of at the end of a fourth grade language arts. You know what I mean? So that's where I started her. And then she actually does math online. You also talked to me about online as well. teaching textbooks. So anyway, we'll put lots of links of things in the show notes that can help you if you're still looking for you know, ideas for this. So what I want to do now, Darcy, is you were, we were talking yesterday a little bit about this and, and I said, I want to share five like tips or best practices and you whipped them off. <laughs> Don't hear it. And I was like, whoa, sweet. Okay. We're ready. Let's record. <laughs> uh, my name's Cash and I'm 12. And one thing I love that I do is I play soft music in my headphones while I do language arts and that helps. So just share number one, like just kind of go down some of your, and I'll comment, I'm sure, but share your five tips or best practices for homeschooling. I think number one is create a routine and you can be flexible within that routine, but definitely devise a plan or a routine for yourself. Um, We start school the same time every day. I think there's a misconception that homeschool means you're always in your pajamas, laying on your sofa or in nature reading. And that's, there's definitely the opportunity to do that but we start school every morning at 8 30 and we gather around and the initial part of our routine looks like a prayer and a and a song or a hymn that we sing and some scripture study and then Mm -hmm. we memorize a a poem or a quote together you know and then we we definitely have a routine and then the kids do language arts and some do language arts and some choose to do math within within the schedule and then at eleven thirty we break and we have a fifteen minute break. Yeah. And then we come back at eleven did I say eleven thirty? Eleven fifteen we break. We come back at eleven thirty. Whatever your schedule looks like, yeah. I think it's super important to create a schedule and then stick to your schedule. Yeah. And you actually communicated that to me. So and, and you you're homeschooling four children, mm-hmm. right? Um and I'm homeschooling one. <laughs> So when I sat down and thought about a schedule, the, the thing that worked for Addie and I was having sort of alternate days. So, so I have light homeschool days and I have longer full homeschool days. And that gives me the flexibility because I also work from home. Um, so Mondays, like I have um, almost a checklist for everything that needs to happen that day in our home. 
So on that little clipboard on Mondays, we run all our errands, we do our shopping, we do appointments. Oh, we do math, we do language arts. You know what I mean? Um, and I have the things, like sort of the things that happen every single Monday. But it's a short homeschool day. But obviously, Addie does everything with me. But what I love almost the most about homeschool is just this mind shift from now, I don't just take her to the grocery store and talk about anything. I take her to the grocery store and I have her talk keep about track math. of the list. Yes, and I have her, I teach her. And maybe moms were doing this all along and I just wasn't, <laughs> right? But it has broadened my vision for the the influence that I have to teach her mm -hmm. school and life skills and it's all mixed into one and I love it. So then like Tuesdays are the longer homeschool day. So we also have a morning routine that includes scripture and prayer and a hymn or a song that Addie chooses that she likes. And I think even if you don't necessarily practice a faith or that's not super important to you, still have something every morning that you do together. You right? gather together and you start. So you could read yeah. something inspiring. You could... You know, just whatever it is you get to choose that is kind of before you start your day. I think it invites a really good spirit into your space together before you start on and, your checklist. And for like, me, homeschooling more children, it definitely creates a sense of unity. Like we yes. come together and then we're all doing this together. And for the rest of the day, we might be working on different subjects at different times. Someone might be outside doing a sports practice and someone's reading. But it starts us feeling unified in that we're all in this together. Yeah, we, I love we that. start together, yeah. and I do love that. Yeah, and, then, and this might be a good time to say. Now I'm probably going to take you in a whole different direction. <laughs> There's a lot of together now, so I do build into my week some alone time, right? Mm -hmm. And I've started to get up a little bit earlier than I was before I was homeschooling, but I have to be really protective about um, having some time self care. Self, yeah. Self care. And just, I know you get up early and at least you used to go to the gym. <laughs> you <I> did. <laughs> don't get to go to the gym anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, don't forget, like, I don't think it means you have to be together with your people 24 seven and be happy about it. You absolutely have to have mm -hmm. some separate times as well. But anyway, mm -hmm. I kind of cut you off. You were going to say, no, I would maybe. just, I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. 100%. So I was just going to finish. So my, like I have long days. So Tuesdays and Thursdays are our long homeschool days, right? And then Monday and Wednesday are shorter. And Friday we do, that's where we can either do science or history. Does that make sense? You Maybe know? a field trip. And then every other Friday we do a field trip. Yeah. And we just decide we're going to go to a museum or we're going to take, like we took a road trip to Seattle. I'm like, field trip, road trip, same thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Dude, it is. So, and I've actually, um, like I have just a couple women in my neighborhood that have invited Addie over. One has collected art for her whole life. She's was born in Japan, raised in Hawaii, you know, just has had these really interesting life experiences and she has collected art. So she, we went up to her house and she taught us about art. And so it, cool. And it was just cool. Like there's so yeah. many things that you might not think to do that totally are our school. And, and so. I'm glad you brought that up because one thing that, that we do, we actually live down the road from our mother. Yeah. And she comes once about once every two weeks. And almost like when we were young in elementary school and an art docent would come in, she yes. actually comes in and she teaches an art lesson. See, that's so, so cool. um And I know yeah, she gets it, so excited about that because she'll call me and say, I'm going to Darcy's to yeah. teach art. <laughs> and we ski quite a bit on a Friday for a field trip or yeah. get outside. But yeah, it, it really does. It is that mind shift of just realizing that everything becomes school yeah. and that there are so many people in ways that we can learn, whether it be from a neighbor mm -hmm. or 
I mean, I now watch National Geographic YouTube videos. I used to hate YouTube, and now it's my best friend. You yeah. know, there's just so many ways and places in which if we broaden our thought process about schooling mm-hmm. that we can benefit. Yes. From. Okay. Boy, I made that much longer than it had to be. That was tip number one, which was establish a routine. <laughs> a schedule or a routine. Okay. Tip number two. Um, well, we kind of did Actually, one Actually, we two. combined it. So the we first did. one was more have a morning routine or do something right together in the morning. And then the second one was have a schedule. Have right? a schedule. And you have, we both use clipboards. I have a clipboard for every day, like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so we know what has to happen the day. And then tell them about your clipboards because they're kind of cool too. I mean, Stacy. You were revolutionary. You you created the clipboard <laughs> long long before I happened to be a clipboard nerd. Yeah, right. um, and my clipboard is similar, but I I just have listed on their clipboard the six things that they have to get done every day, and then I let them work through it at their own pace. Yeah, picking whatever it is they want to do second, third, fourth, mm-hmm. and then if someone needs to take a break. Um, Because we homeschool, I have scheduled sports lessons and music lessons and things like that now in our day. So they just have to work through their board every day. Right. In whatever order they want. Which is why we start together and then we kind of break apart. Yeah. And I'll make sure, I'll take a picture of yours too. Maybe we'll put those in the show notes. And that actually leads us really good to my, to our third point. Yes. And that is, um, Stacey kind of mentioned how when you do really pull your kids from the traditional school, mm-hmm. you do start to change your mind shift a little a little bit of like sending them away and they school and they come home to you to realizing that everything is school. Yeah. And with that, you also get this renewed way of looking at your children as human beings. And maybe mm-hmm. that's saying something about me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Prior to homeschooling, they were, yeah, I don't know, but yeah. You really get to see their learning styles yes. and their personalities and you're with them all day, and so you realize that maybe they don't have a good day every day like you think they should, mm-hmm. or um, they're more tired. And so I guess mm-hmm. the third point that we agreed on is just respecting them as people mm-hmm. and as developing learners right? and um, emerging human beings. Mm-hmm. So within that homeschool day, giving them a lot of autonomy to make choices, whether mm-hmm. it's um, just kind of doing whatever subject they want when they want or following their passions. I have a son who I've always known is very smart and he's a little OCD and he loves math. And I really thought he would just want to watch Khan Academy math and just dive into calculus as a fifth grader. And yet he is really showing a passion for space and planets and weather and meteorology interesting and in letting him and just respecting that in him and not yeah. trying to hold him back or say no but you're supposed to be into math it's, it's been a beautiful thing I have a, yep. another daughter who I, I won't take up too much time but just the whole idea of when you're schooling at home is that what we're calling yeah. it yeah just respecting the people that you're yep. that you're teaching let them teach themselves and, and guide their learning and their education mm-hmm. and their passions I totally agree. Just learning to respect your children, giving them, like you said, the, 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 the freedom to choose as often as you can and respecting that they have moods and they have energy levels and they have talents and skills. And yeah, you get to influence and shape maybe, but, but they get to be the person that they were born to be. And it, it really is amazing to be with them and see them in that new way. So Right. All right, tip number four. I love this one. I would say get outside every day. And by outside, um, by nature, by, my, by nature, I would rather be outside in nature. <laughs> nature. But I don't just mean get outside in nature. 
Um, we go to the library. We serve at the food pantry once a week. Mm-hmm. We take, like Stacy mentioned, we take field trips on Fridays. We ski. We take our books um, up the canyon. Mm-hmm. It really is important when you're home all day with your children and they're learning and you're keeping them, you know, on task that you get outside every day. We mm-hmm. we play hopscotch with chalk for recess. Um, we go on a lot of walks and bike rides, mm-hmm. but getting outside of your space. And I learned that from you, and I'm so grateful because that's you told me that in the very beginning. You're like, just make sure that you right there's breaks in your day and you go. And so the first time I did it, I felt like I don't know, like, am I? Is this really what it should be like? Supposed to be outside. Right there now? was a period of unlearning for the mom, yeah. right? Where I thought, okay, we are going to go upstairs at the same time every day, and you do that. You have multiple kids. We don't do that. You know, I'm. Sometimes we don't start until 11 a.m. It just kind of depends. But this whole idea of, hey, Addie, let's take language arts and let's drive over to, you know, to Coeur d'Alene and hop on our bikes and bike ride and then stop at a picnic table and have language arts. Like, are you even kidding me? That's so cool. The best. <laughs> so we keep our bikes in the back of our van pretty much as long as the weather is good. And we stop and do that. And it's been so much fun. And we'll sometimes we'll take a book with us and sometimes we won't. But... I love that. And I have found that it doesn't matter the weather. I live in Utah with four very distinct seasons. And so the first couple days when it's cold or snowy, we don't want to go outside. But if we do, even for a few minutes, it really helps my kids come back inside and and learn better. That's true. I mean, and really, they do that in school. They have recess, and that's always for a reason, right? Right. I remember being a school teacher and forcing my kids to go to recess. Right, right. Yeah. That's so true. Okay, so number five, I love this one. Um, your fifth best practice is just an emphasis on literature. I think so that's the that. most surprising thing, um, period, as a homeschool mom, which that's revolutionary for me to say that because, one, I never thought I would be a homeschool mom. Two, even once I decided I never thought I'd like it. And three, <laughs> I just um, – backstory on me is I was a very, I struggled to read. I'm mm-hmm. super dyslexic. I've never, ever chosen a book mm-hmm. over just about anything. Right. And if I'm on a beach, I'm not reading. If I'm right. at a pool, I promise I'm not reading. If I'm at <laughs> home and everything else was broken, I would still not be reading. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, I have developed an absolute love and appreciation for really high quality literature as yeah. a homeschool mom. So much so that I would even say that if my children are doing nothing but reading beautiful yes, literature, classic, classic literature, mm-hmm. I pretty much think it, it takes the place of almost everything else yeah. that I teach. So um, I've developed a real love for very good literature. And, and that's interesting because I, I like reading, but I don't read literature. Yeah, <laughs> I read self-help books. I read business books. I mean, you know kind of over the years and so and I I mean I've read Pride and Prejudice and I love Pride and Prejudice and I love Jane Eyre you know a few like a handful but I am not like a read you know read 100 books in a year type person either so but I'm going to tell you just about and I you actually had it so I've opened up and I think it's the fourth grade language arts book from the good and the beautiful and um we started with this level and then realized that we needed to jump up with Addie but one of the first lessons this is what opened my eye to, to my eyes, to what you had talked to me about in terms of literature. But um, in this second lesson, I think in this book, it helps the kids understand that there, that there are good books to read and that there are books that are less worth their time to read, you know, and that they can learn to, 
to differentiate, to discern, mm-hmm. if you will, between what, you know, what books are worth reading. So this was so eye-opening to me. So they have this little section in the lesson that says um, they took the first 30 sentences of a book, the book that they chose was Big Nate. This is a book that you'll see in every Scholastic Book Fair. Books, I mean, these are books that so many fourth graders check out and read and love, okay, and they're funny. Um, In the first 30 sentences of Big Nate, okay, here are the messages. There's not a single positive message, okay, and here are the negative messages. Making fun of teachers is acceptable and funny. Making fun of learning is acceptable and funny. Making fun of family, okay, <laughs> being negative, being messy, rolling your eyes, continually smacking your friend. Those are the messages that are in the first like, 30, 30 sentences. Sentences, sentences mm-hmm. not, not pages, right? Sentences. Of Big Nate. And then they compared that to, and I'm going to turn the page here. They compared that to the first 30 sentences in a book called the Canadian, I'm sorry, called the Canada Geese Quilt. Okay, so here in that, the first part of that book, the messages are interestingly all positive. The messages are finding joy in nature is good, developing talents is good, enjoying learning is good, encouraging and complimenting others is good, strengthening family relationships is good, being kind is good. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I had no idea, right? And go ahead. So as a school teacher, yeah. Um, and this is several years ago. I mean, I haven't taught public school for 18 plus years. Um, I was under the impression that if we could just have a kid reading, it was yeah. good. They said it doesn't matter it what It doesn't they matter read. what you read. And I have since completely changed my opinion on that. Me too. Um, <laughs> it matters huge what you read. Right. There's also been studies that show that current pop culture literature sentence structure is like five words at most per sentence or... That's what they said. They don't have complex sentences. They they have very few adjectives. Mm-hmm. They have very so few, little description. Yeah. Yeah. So I do think it matters. It's important for all children to read, but it's more important for children to read good literature. And I love the way this lesson set it up is literally just read, have a child read the first 30 sentences in a book and write down, right, what it's talking about. And they will know. Like, what are the kind of the core values, essentially, of this book or of the story that's being told and how it's being told? And give your child that ability to, right, to decide. Because there are so many books to read and there's so little time. Let's, like, help them know what's worth their time and what's not. Oh, my gosh. I love that so much. I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of our five tips, right? So... Set up a, a morning routine that you can repeat and something that you do together with however many kids you have with you. Number two, a schedule of some time. Certainly be flexible with it, but have a schedule. Number three, respect your children as people. Can I say so one thing, Stacey, adults. just within yes. the schedule? Yes. One thing I had to learn the hard way is do set expectations for your children. Yes. Set the expectation for what is required of them mm-hmm. uh, educationally wise for the day and then don't add to it. Um, um, when we first started homeschooling, mm-hmm. my kids got through their schedule yeah. pretty quick, quicker than I had assumed they would. They were done with their spelling and their language lesson and their math and their history. And I was looking at the clock and I'm like, it's only 11. Yeah. What are we going to do for the next eight hours? Right. And so then I felt compelled. Well, now we're going to do another math lesson or now we're going to sit down and we're going <laughs> to read this or let's come together. And we're going to watch this video mm-hmm. on space. And that was really 
not best practice because mm-hmm. my children got to the point where they dreaded even getting their work done because they thought mom's just going to add Give more work. More. So set the expectation and set the bar high. And then when they're done with it, they're yeah, done. They're done. Okay. I'm so glad you said that because that's actually been the biggest surprising thing for me. And when people ask me, they're like, how's homeschool going? Like, how do you do that? Like, how, cause you're super busy. How do you fit that all in? First of all, right. I don't feel super busy, but homeschool doesn't take that long. Yeah pretty fast you guys like, it's like three I do, out, ma- three we do and a math half five times a week we do language arts five times a week you know yeah history science three times a week three to four times a week and then we have time for art mm-hmm. and all kinds of other stuff but yeah I, I just think if you you know and we're just so used to the culture of the culture sorry of school being nine to three thirty or whatever it is right but there's a whole lot of other stuff built in. They do art. They do library. They do lots of interactive games. They go to and recess. so I will say that Addie has required some additional. We've been very t- intentional about creating more social experiences for her, right? Mm-hmm. We have a sticker club, and we have certain things we do to get her out and invite people over. But the actual learning, the actual go-through-the-lesson curriculum of a homeschool day does not take very long. And for you moms <laughs> so, who are now schooling at home, yeah. I think it's so important for you to realize that they might get done yeah. with whatever the teachers have assigned them in two hours. And then that is enough. Yeah. And it might take it might take four or five weeks for them to settle in and start doing other things. Mm-hmm. But if you allow them, they eventually will. Mm-hmm. I just kept thinking, well, if I don't feel it, then they're going to go to screen. Or if I don't feel it, then mm-hmm. they're going to... And it, and it was more like unschooling for me to realize you're now schooling at home, moms. It might only take two and a half hours right. and then let it be. They, yeah. they will eventually start playing outside. They will eventually start being more creative, mm-hmm. but they have to kind of change their mindset and you have to allow yeah. some time to pass for that to happen. Yeah. And so I have one more thought to add to that that goes along with that. And that is that we, Addie and I have found that she has more time and she kind of, she came to, came to me and she said, you know, what else can I do? Kind of, mm-hmm. you know, she has, a, she has a really fun game that she loves that's Osmo that's very interactive on the iPad and she's doing some coding and stuff like that. But she, uh, we decided to do typing. So there is like also through the good and the beautiful, but I'm sure there's, you know, there's all other, there's all kinds of other little, like just the skills and that they need, that they can learn that'll benefit their life. But I was noticing how she was typing kind of hen and peck. And I'm like, no, 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 you know what? Let's do a typing course. So we just added that to our clipboards and now she's doing two or three times a week typing lessons. Mm -hmm. So again, there's just, they will come to you. I think there really is. They sense when they have more energy or bandwidth for, for more and mm-hmm. you can just work with them. That's part of that respecting them and, and that schedule. So, okay, Darcy, you are so awesome. So final thoughts. Is there anything else you want to say about schooling at home? Schooling at home is, I mean, it's kind of like everything else. It's 50% good. And it's, uh-huh. it's not 50-50 in that it's 50% bad, but it's not, it doesn't always look perfect, but the perfect moments outweigh the struggle or the hard. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I can go two or three days without that ah, moment yeah. where everything's beautiful. <laughs> but yeah. let me tell you, when those moments come, mm-hmm. they're so beautiful. Yeah. It is so beautiful to school at home, and it's such an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I would say just persist. There's going to be hard times and there's going to be hard minutes. When I first started and my sister, my mom would ask me, I would say it's hour by hour. So last hour was really good. Yeah. This hour has been really hard. We're not even measuring by days. Right. <laughs> Sometimes right. it's by hours. Yeah. But as now, as now I look back over the whole of two years, mm-hmm. um, I guess I would say it's way better than 50-50. Yeah. If you can persist. And give yourself Give yourself time to unschool yourself. Yes. And even if you're only doing this for the coronavirus and you know for sure your kids are going back to school next fall, I have some of my children that I know will go back to traditional school next fall. And I'm 100% okay with that. Um, But for this little gift that you've been given, even though it doesn't feel like a gift, just give yourself grace Mm -hmm. and then just enjoy the two hours of schooling at home and then let yourself unschool for yeah. these next two months. I love just that. enjoy your people. I love that. So final thoughts for me. Um, I love that you've talked about just those beautiful moments. And then like you say, they aren't every day, but I've observed Addie. It's so cute. If we're doing language arts together and we're reading um, a book together, like I'll be reading to her and she'll take her hand and she puts her hand on my forearm mm-hmm. They're just little signs, little physical touches, something that she does that I know that that she loves this. You know what I mean? She feels connected and she feels safe. But one thing that I discovered about Addie, who again, going into this, I thought, you know, she just doesn't have the ability to learn at the same level of other kids. And guess what? You were Dead wrong. wrong. Yep. Dead wrong. Addie has an incredible ability to memorize. And I'm actually going to have, I'm going to record. She has memorized and when I say memorize, I'm not talking about like a two-line quote. I'm talking about paragraphs long. But there's a quote from Ronald Reagan that she has memorized. And I'm going to have her recite it at the end of the podcast. So cool. Like, it's just crazy how she's super good at that. Mm-hmm. She wants to memorize the give me liberty or give me death speech. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's just cool. So I've discovered so many unique gifts and talents that my daughter had that I'm sure in the public school system could be discovered, but for her, it just wasn't happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm just super grateful for this opportunity to, to, to just know her in this way and realize mm-hmm. she's got a whole lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Really, really does. So, so cool, Stace. Okay, Darce, you are still being interviewed on my podcast. So people, places, things. You've heard this before, I think. Mm-hmm. So tell me about a person, place, or thing that has your attention right now. Man, right now, I mean, I think it all changed as of like five days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is about homeschooling, but I, I think that right now with the coronavirus and everything, my focus is definitely on my persons, all mm-hmm. of them, all my people. Mm-hmm. And um, just maintaining health physically, but more importantly, health mentally and health spiritually for mm-hmm. all the people I have a stewardship over, including myself. Yeah. So just the people that I love the very most and making sure that they're thriving uh, mentally, spiritually, and and yeah. and physically for sure. But yeah. just, I mean, I think that hard times are supposed to come and mm-hmm. it's not, it's what we make of them. Yeah. So I'm just really excited right now. I feel kind of motivated to just focus on my people mm-hmm. and what we're going to make of this situation and how we're going to look back at it mm-hmm. and realize that we came through with flying colors. My name is Brooklyn Dowdle, and I'm 14, and I've been homeschooling for two years. And something I love about homeschooling is I get along way better with my siblings, and being a teenager, I noticed that 
most kids my age don't necessarily get along with their siblings. Okay, fill in the blank. I have exactly enough time for at-home workouts. Yeah. <laughs> Do you believe that yet? Or no. <laughs> but I just think as long as I keep saying it, eventually I'm going to come around because I really miss going to the gym in the morning. <laughs> oh, she, Darcy seriously is so regular. She's like a 4.45 a.m. girl at yeah. the gym. And yeah, so that's an adjustment that you're happy to make. You do, sis. I promise you have exactly I enough time exactly for at-home workouts. <laughs> you're the best. I love you. I love you. Thanks. She is awesome, and I love her. Okay, you guys, listen. You can do this. We can do this. We can absolutely do this. This too shall pass, but let's make the most of this opportunity to stay at home and be more engaged with our children and their schooling. Promise me you'll check out the show notes because there are some very useful links there for you to explore and let me know how it's going. I would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening. Come back next week and I will be here with another episode of Exactly Enough Time. If we look back through history to all those great civilizations, those great nations that that rose up to even world dominance and then deteriorated, declined, and fell. If we find they all had one thing in common, one of the significant forerunners of their fall was their turning away from their God or God. Without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under by Ronald Reagan. Booyah! Nice job, Eddie.